Hello and welcome to the Adventure Games Podcast. My name is Shorsha Dunbar and I'm your host. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode of the Adventure Games Podcast. I hope everyone is well. And this week I am joined by Tom Hardwich of Tall Story Games, and Tom was kind enough to speak to me about, well, how he founded his company, how he discovered indie dev uh, community in general. And he spoke to me about his puzzle design, which was really interesting. And he spoke to me about uh, games that he's made, including Where Does My Cloak, Lockdown, the point-and-click adventure game, Hair of the Dog, and of course his upcoming adventure game, Lucy Dreaming, and the Kickstarter. Now, Tom mentioned that the Kickstarter would be beginning of May, but it's actually going to start on April 27th. So I would really recommend that people check out the demo we, which we reviewed previously and check out the Kickstarter if you'd like to help him fund the game. It's uh, retro uh, LucasArts inspired and it's looking really good indeed. So without further ado, here is a trailer for Lucy Dreaming and my interview with Tom Hardwich. So please enjoy. Lucy's Dream will never, ever end. Well, that's quite enough of that, bollocks. Lloyd, you're sick. <laughs> Ooh, a little silver key. How exciting. He looks like a giant green bucket with eyes. Hey. He's so tiny! Well, that did a big fat load of nothing. Now that's a quest I can vaguely get behind. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode of the Adventure Games podcast. And I'm delighted to be joined by Tom Hardridge of Tall Story Games today. Uh, Tom, how are you doing today? Uh, I'm very good, thank you. How are you? I'm very good. St- still in lockdown at time of recording. And presumably uh, when yeah. we record <laughs> or when we release this uh, interview as well. <laughs> yeah, still, still, still stuck at home at the moment. I'm in the, I'm in the home office. We've got a, a converted garage. Uh, outside our, our house, I'm kind of locked in here at the moment. That's why, that's why I'm doing this. It's the, the only place I can kind of guarantee that it's going to be relatively quiet. I am sure that there are many people listening who can relate. <laughs> 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 because I've heard people say that they're in cupboards, that they, <laughs> they have to go, you know, to a closet. So you know, which is uh, you know, like a small space which is not that noisy, and garages and just different places that we never thought we would be this time uh, last year. <laughs> no, we, we had, um, to be honest, the, the, the worst sort of scenario we've had in, in terms of, of being stuck somewhere small was um, when we were doing the voiceovers for, for, the, um, for, for Lucy Dreaming, which we'll chat about, and also for Hair of the Dog. Um, my wife did a fair bit of the voiceover work for that, but we don't have any kind of proper recording facilities here. So it was 
we've got a, a like a weird big wire drying rack thing that we use you know when you you've got like when you're drying sheets <laughs> so she was kind of on we've got a spare bedroom which is tiny and she had that kind of props over that and then a big double duvet over the top and was stuffed under there with an old camping light kind of hanging from underneath it trying to read out all these bizarre bits of dialogue that I've <laughs> written for her. Uh, so that was that was her her life for a, a good a good couple of months at the end of last year anyway. So. Well again I'm sure a lot of actors and people who work in studios and radio can relate <laughs> uh, I'm guessing but she, she was pretty good as Thomas and I said in our review so uh, we'll I know, well, we, listened, we listened to that uh, earlier today and she because I said we, so we, we work from home and she I, I, she was she was doing some work in the desk behind me and I was just having to listen to that because I'd saw on your discord server someone said oh by the way the the demo was mentioned in you know one of the episodes so I thought well I'll have a listen um, and I was listening through the episode and that's we got to that thing, oh, oh you know listen to listen to this and then and then you started kind of like waxing lyrical about her voiceover work and she was there again and she, she was always getting quite teary she was getting, she, she was like oh oh they really like my voiceover it's like, it was really no, it was really nice you, you see. yeah I've, i i'm known to make people cry and not all for good reasons but <laughs> <laughs> no this was oh, this was good this was good oh no I, we, thomas and i were genuine and we will um you know we will uh talk about that uh, just a little bit and we'll uh hopefully um upload a, a trailer at least audio trailer because you can hear her voice in the trailer as well um so which um which is you know again really good <laughs> yeah she's she's to be honest she i mean she's she's not she's not a professionally trained voice actress or anything she's um but she did a lot of amateur dramatics when she was younger and right she, i mean she's 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 a she's a natural kind of performer in that way so i kind of it was weird. I, I got I got a, a quote from a, a voiceover artist quite near the beginning of, of the whole process, and sort of said, you know, how how you know how much do you, is your hourly rate, and kind of got that and got a quote for that. And then I realised as I was writing all the dialogue, uh, I write a lot as I'm going through, it, and I, I like there to be kind of custom responses for almost everything. So as I'm going through adding a new item in, I'm not just going to add the responses that are there for you know pick this up or use this i want there to be a a, a, a custom response for everything so there's a you know there's a reason why you shouldn't pick that up or no i can't use that with that for this, with, for this reason or that you know if there's an opportunity for a gag or a pun or something i you know i'll put it in there and then when i kind of got to a point where i'd written a certain amount of the demo a certain percentage of it, I exported all the text out and I had no idea how much I'd written. And there was over 8,000 words. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay, I'll send it over and get a quote. And the quote came back as, as about £20,000, which is, you know, which is kind of fair for the amount of yeah. word that was involved. It's like, I can't afford that. And then I was, I was, I was chatting to the family and they said, well, why don't, why don't you just ask, ask, you what, ask, ask Emma to do it? Oh, I don't know. I'd not, I'd not been really thought about that. And I saw this. Would you be interested? She went, yeah, yeah, go on, I'll have a go. And she, she did a few recordings. I'm like, this is brilliant. This is yeah. perfect. So, and it's free. So, so that's, um, that's brilliant. <laughs> Two great things there, brilliant and free. Yeah, the, the only cost is her dignity and having to sit in a, in a cupboard underneath a washing rack. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can't put a price on that. I mean, I, I have heard other people say as well that they got their uh, well, spouses or family or friends to do the voiceover. Uh, it doesn't always work, but in this case, I think it did. <laughs> yeah, no, I think I think I think I kind of landed on my feet with that one. I was quite. Yeah. I think I was I was I was I was 
we were both prepared for us to kind of get get it in there and once I once I got it she did a couple of test recordings and then I, I put them into the game got the lip syncing sorted for it so that we could kind of see what it looked like and kind of close around it right okay what does it look like when the when the the character says it um and it just it just worked and it was it was I've also I've, I've sped her no I haven't sped her up I've adjusted the pitch of her voice slightly so it's ever so slight just to make it sound slightly younger mm-hmm. so it doesn't she we don't kind of listen to it and go oh hang on that's your telephone voice or that's what you sound like in real life so it's 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 very easy now to kind of watch the demo or watch the trailer and go that's that's Lucy's voice that doesn't sound like Emma anymore it's right it's, it's weird and also she she kind of puts on a bit more of a she's from she's from kind of Manchester anyway but she puts on a much sort of stronger uh, northern Manchester accent you know <laughs> when she's doing the voice and then it, it kind of lingers so she was she was doing it for for a couple of months she was recording this this kind of slightly more northern lilt on her voice and then and then she should be out and about and she's she's kind of it's kind of she couldn't get rid of the accent she was just, she was still kind of putting this over sort of over northern kind of tint on everything it was it was, it was quite bizarre yeah I mean I had no idea she was your wife like I was thinking is this actually a child or if it's an adult <laughs> because again that's another thing that doesn't always work as adults acting as children and, but in this case, genuinely, I, I feel like it did. So congratulations to you both. <laughs> what, what, what is it like? I mean, I probably will talk about the, the actual game shortly. <laughs> but what is it? You, what can, is you it? can re-edit that bit and insert it into the bit when we're talking about the game. So it kind of makes sense from a, from a now. Yeah, we just, la- we just launch right into the voice acting of your game. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Right. No, don't, don't worry. But what is it like uh, directing your wife? <laughs> How was that experience? To be honest, um, I didn't have to do an awful lot. So she, the, um, the way that the dialogue is written is very much how I speak and how she speaks on a daily basis anyway. So it's, we're quite sarky. We're quite sort of dry, sort of, I don't know. British humour. <laughs> Sorry? British humour. Yeah, <laughs> I suppose that, yeah, that's just, yeah, so we, yeah. Or I don't know, maybe that's too general, but. Sorry? <laughs> maybe that's too general. Yeah, it's, no, we're just, it's, we, and I, I grew up in a, in a relatively sarcastic household. We grew up on um, Blackadder and. Right. Ben Elton and things like that. And that, that was just, my, my dad's very sarcastic. I then picked that up. Um, very sort of, very sort of dry. And my wife's the same. So the actual, the the turns of phrase that are used in the game and the, the various sort of way that Lucy responds to things is quite natural for her to respond in that way as well. So she, she puts a kind of slightly different, accent on it which is her kind of her lucy voice um and but knows how to deliver it knows she my wife instantly knows how that is supposed to sound in my head because that's how we kind of generally talk when we pick up random objects in the house and try to use them use them in, in unusual ways oh people do that in real life oh, yeah yeah exactly yeah <laughs> <laughs> well, it's um, it's it, it's funny though because um, uh, well, well, first of all, like I, f- I forgot to ask you, um, what I ask everyone is, uh, do you have any favorite adventure games that uh, that you've played? So my 
Yes, I do. My favorite. It's going to be a horrible cliche. It's it's the original Monkey Island, Secret of Monkey Island, and it's a good Monkey choice, Island. though. To be fair, Monkey Island too. They are they are the ones. They were my first real loves in terms of of any computer games. Really, I I I, I to be fair, I I loved King's Quest Four, um, and I used to play that. Um, a lot where we used to have a, a what was it was a Sinclair PC two hundred um, with with CGA graphics no no hard drive or anything like that this was this was back in nineteen eighty eight I think we got that um, and we used to play we met with someone a friend of ours went to went to America and came back with a bootleg copy of, of King's Quest four don't don't go back don't go telling your friend Roberto this that's my friend now yeah exactly yeah yeah you're listening to this now send the police around um and it was on it was on four four floppy disks um and it's and I used to play that and we my um my my family are very but they're 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 quite religious I'm myself and my brother aren't uh, but my parents are and we used to go to church and go to Sunday school every um every Sunday and there was a there was another kid there who uh, we used to we used to kind of play King's Quest 4 together we'd come back to my house and play it and then we'd, we'd go and it, uh, we'd be sitting at the back of church and we'd be sort of we'd, we'd kind of crouch down like under the chairs or you know under the pews behind people where they couldn't see us and we'd make a list of all the different items and what points they were worth and what order you had to do them and try and figure out what to do next and how to get away from the giant or how to catch the unicorn or whatever the you know the latest bit of the quest was and just kind of chat about that. I mean, that's um, time well spent in, you know, church. Oh, it's the best, it's the, it's the best. <laughs> I love church when I was in back in 1988. Um, and, and then he, same, same, same kid, um, a guy called Stephen, he, um, he then got an Amiga 500, I think it was, um, and got uh, Monkey Island on it. And that was my first kind of introduction to a, a point and click interface with a kind of a scum interface on it. So I started kind of, I used to go into his house there and it's like, can we play Monkey Island? Can we play Monkey Island? Uh, and I play that a bit. And then a few years later, we got a slightly better PC. And I, the first thing I did was kind of save up my money and go out and buy myself a copy of Monkey Island because I never completed it at his house uh, and was able to finally complete that. And, and then when Monkey Island 2 came out, I eventually bought that and, and played that as well. Right, yeah, it's no. Then, Sorry, go ahead. Sorry, well, that, those, that, so that was they were they were they were very much very much my kind of formative years in terms of um, video game playing. Uh, well, then there was good a, choices. <laughs> to be fair, yeah, I, yeah, I think I got lucky. I'm kind of the ones I ended up playing that. Um, and then there was a bit of a, a bit of a void, really. And I, I, I mean, I had a, I had a few kind of PC games that I played, but not not really. I was never really a big a big gamer fan. Um, so it wasn't until um, Telltale Games was then founded, and I think it was my brother then told me about them and said, "Oh, by the way, there's you know a new a new Monkey Island coming out." I never really I never really got into um, Monkey Island three, so Curse of Monkey Island and uh, what's what's four called? Uh, Escape from Monkey Island. Escape from Monkey Island. I I played them, um, but I don't think I ever saw them through to completion until many many years later. Um, and so I kind of got into introduced to the Telltale games and played a lot. So I played the whole sort of set of Sam and Max of those, all the uh, Tales of Monkey Island, uh, all the Back to the Future games that were produced then as well, uh, and even some of the like the Wallace and Gromit games as well. 
sure, those. Yeah. And that was that was that was good. And then ended up um, starting starting my own business, and then eventually moving house, and then starting a family, and then just didn't play anything at all. So I had these kind of in terms of adventure games, I had these sort of kind of stepping stones where I had this this very early on introduction to this kind of scum interface and just absolutely fell in love with with the monkey island series um then i think i had a i think i had a demo of loom that came on the front of a, a magazine I, as well I i've that, never I, actually played that I, absolutely i i can't remember a thing about it <laughs> i remember i remember really loving the demo and it being just annoyingly short i got to a point where i sort of completed like one one sort of satisfying puzzle and then that was it that was the end of the mm. demo and I was oh and and then and then kind of time went past and I've, I've never gone back and I've never played it again um so that's that is one I should probably go back and <laughs> you go yeah, I should get around to playing it as well sometime because I've heard some great things about it well I, I know all I can tell you is that when I was 14 or 15 I very much enjoyed playing it I can't tell you anything more about it it's a similar <laughs> similar look and feel I think I was still very much you know enamored by the the pixel art Sure. Feeling things and that's, yeah. Well, since then, uh, as you mentioned, you've been busy. Uh, you you and your wife, I believe, uh, founded Toll Story Games. Um, so what were your objectives in founding this studio? So, right. <laughs> it's the objectives in founding a studio. The objectives in founding the studio are kind of twofold. They're not particularly exciting. One is um, in keeping any work that I do or we do that is game related separate to our existing business, which we run, which is um, essentially like a digital design business that we've been running for the last 10 years. So that's all kind of set up. That has its own set of accounts. And my wife is very much the keeper and the organizer of the finances and the accounts and the management of that and as soon as i started getting into a, a kind of industry in industry in terms you know um indie indie game dev which was beginning to go off on a bit of a tangent and potentially would have very different revenue stream in terms of a um, crowdfunding is very different. Create, you know, investing upfront in a product and then selling units of it at a later date is very different to what we do currently. Which is a client will come to us say, "I want you to design this." That you know, we do the work and they invoice it, and we invoice it and they pay it. And that's it's a very different business model. So her her kind of instinct of that was keep that separate. So let's keep that as it was. Create a separate entity which is. Tool Story Games keeps it separate from Considered Creative, which is our, our other business. Um, in terms of a slightly more emotional reason as to why we've done it, um, is that I we've been running the other business for over ten years. I ended up doing one of the one of the jobs that we ended up doing as part of our digital marketing business was creating a an adventure game. Um, which was slightly, slightly a, of my own doing. We, we got a, a relatively open brief uh, from one of our clients is the Roman Baths in Bath in the UK. And they had put together a video, which was uh, a little narrative based on one of the artifacts that they have at the Roman Baths, which is a, a thing called a, a curse, which is essentially a rolled up piece of lead that a Roman 
visitor had made when they visited the baths and what they used to do is they used to scratch a curse on it like i hope that peregrinus gets piles or something like that because he's stolen something and then they'd roll it up and then they'd throw it in what was a, a, a kind of a stone uh, bath that was just called the sacred spring and they'd make a they make kind of pray to the goddess there and they'd hope that you know peregrinus would get piles or whatever it was or his legs would wither off or something and they cut a video about a one of these one of these curses that they found um and they kind of came to us we'd done lots of work for them in the past doing various different competitions and online things and apps and things that we've made for them and said look we'd, we'd really like to do a, a game of some kind and at this point i had no idea that the indie game dev community even existed this it, this was this was uh, less than two years ago i had no idea that it was if that was even a thing that adventure i didn't know that adventure games and point and click games were still being made as far as i was concerned when uh, telltale games kind of disappeared that was that was it no i was not going to get any more point and click adventure games i was stuck i'd have to go back and play loom and that was that was all i was going to you know i'd have to go on ebay and find and find games that were <laughs> made back in the 90s um, so I kind of said, well, you know, wouldn't it be really cool if we could make like an old LucasArts style pixel art point and click adventure game. And luckily one of, one of the, um, one of the, um, marketing people at the, um, at the Roman Bards was really open to that idea and was, um, was, was a kind of a bit of a gaming nerd herself and said, yeah, go on then. Um, so we got, we got some budget for doing that and we, we create, and I, I then, like I said, not knowing that there were game engines that do this kind of thing, I decided to sort of take it on myself to just program one um, in HTML and JavaScript, just from scratch in Dreamweaver and Notepad of all things, just to kind of just go. Well, I can I can sort of I can probably fumble this together in some you know in some way. So kind of created this this mini point and click game engine. Um, over, I think we had three months to to kind of produce produce this game, um, and so kind of you know so when it went ahead, it's got pro you notes, know, worked out a plan for what all the puzzles in the game were going to be, what the different characters were going to be, and this is all based very much on the my memory of games I'd played twenty odd year, twenty years ago, over twenty years ago, twenty yeah, how old am I? Can't remember. Anyway, <laughs> back, back. <laughs> whenever whenever they came out, but you know, they, it was going back to the nineties. It was ba they were based the, the puzzles, the kind of the humor and everything was based on my memory of that, and and presumably probably a little bit on the the Telltale games as well. Although it was it was it, it was very much the pixel art style that I wanted to emulate, and that was that was kind of where I, I saw it fitting. Yeah, I mean, it so, looks gorgeous. I have to say from the screenshots, I still have to play it myself, but it looks, and I'm always really interested as well in that time period. So, and with the pixel art as well, it it, it, it looks beautiful and I can't believe it's free. It's, is this, which one's this one? This, where's my cloak? Yes. I mean, all of them look very nice, but this one we're talking about looks really, really nice. Just, uh, which I, I know it's, uh, you know, not great for podcasting, but as you said, <laughs> the, the pixel art in it as well. It it looks definitely very professional. <laughs> oh, thank you. It's, well, that's, yeah, it was, and I'd never really done any pixel art 
wow. stuff before. So it was kind of, but I, but I am a designer. So, and I, and I had done, I've done, I've been drawing cartoons since I was. Okay, so there is something. You know, so I, is it... <laughs> I, can, I can illustrate and I, I, most of my illustration and animation work previously was right, that very is. much kind of vector illustration. So more cartoony, uh, but also I'm, I've been using Photoshop since I was 16. So I've, I've, I've been using that for 25 years and okay, I know- that, that would explain it then. <laughs> yeah, so, so all, my, all my pixel art, stuff that I do for all my games is all done in Photoshop. It's probably the most cumbersome and inefficient tool for doing it, but it, because I know how to use it, it's not. For me, it's, it's quicker. And, and I've, I've looked at um, other, other programs and gone, you know what, at the moment, I don't actually have time to learn how another program works. So I'll just quickly knock it out in Photoshop again, and maybe I'll learn another bit of software later down the line. And then the next time I've come to another one, I go, no, nah, I'll just do it in Photoshop because I know what I'm doing. Um, so, so yeah, so I, we, we've made this right, game yeah. for the Roman Baths, and then uh, yeah, so which which I then which I then which was all based in HTML, so it could run on run on their on their website and run on on mobile. So it's all responsive for mobile as well, so it kind of shrinks down and oh, nice. on mobile and things as well. Don't, don't test it. I don't. I can't. I don't. I can't remember how good it. Is. <laughs> how well it works. As far as I as far as I remember, it works well enough. Um, but it has it has like you can save your game and and load games. And, oh, and thank that you. That, that is one of the biggest bugbears of mine. For anyone who listens to the podcast, knows that if you cannot manually save the game, uh, it's for, it makes me stressed. I think there's going to be a knock on the door and I'm going to miss out on the game or I'll have to continue playing or I'll have to replay a section of the game again. So thank you for that. Yeah, but give it, give it a go. I mean, it's, it's not, yeah. it was, it was because it, it was programmed based on my kind of limited, I, I, I didn't consider myself to be a, a web developer either. I'm a designer. I'm, I'm, I'm a kind of creative person by trade. So the, 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 I programmed it based on the, my limited, kind of JavaScript and, and HTML kind of programming knowledge. And it, it was enough to kind of cobble it together. Right. Well, uh, but it seems to work. No, I'll have to, I'll have to check it out because I, I, I mean, I, I love that. I love history and I love that time period. So um, really curious to, to play. And then uh, another game of yours that I did actually play, most of it at least, is Lockdown. <laughs> and I'm sure people who hear that word might be going, oh Lord, but it, it's actually a, re it's a really good game. And it's, uh, you know, it's, 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 it's positive as well for what I found. Um, I, pre I presume you, did you make this game? I presume you made it during lockdown? Yeah, so that one I started, so going on from, from the Roman Bard, after after we that that was made in 2019. Where's my clone? And ever since then, I basically had the this kind of game engine that I'd written sitting there, just waiting waiting for me to have enough time to build another game. And I had a couple of ideas about oh, another kind of point and click game I could make. It was really good fun. I'd like to do it again. And then when lockdown hit, um, we. And this was the first well, lockdown, correct? So this is the first lockdown. This is, this, is, this is almost exactly 12 months ago, sort of wow. almost to the day, I suppose. Um, lockdown, lockdown hit, and it, I ended up with a bit of extra time on my hands and a topic which I thought, you know what, there's there's a bit of there's a bit of of, of kind of room here for for a bit of storytelling in, in terms of you know the things that were going on and everyone was stockpiling bog roll and it was <laughs> it was all just a bit weird 
it's definitely been a, a real split on something when I when I kind of first publicized the game after I'd finished it and I, I sent it out and, and there were some people go oh god yeah I can really relate to this and other people just like why would I want to play lockdown I'm already in lockdown fuck off with your lockdown I don't want to play it as well um so so I had this I had this game engine and I had this I had this idea I had this topic and it, it kind of the the puzzles and everything kind of wrote themselves. We had a at the time a five-year-old kind of running around. So I the one of the one of the children in there, they're, they're all sort of a kind of ambiguous age. So there's sort of there's one who's like an older, like clearly an older teen, but could be anywhere between, you know, kind of eleven and fifteen. And there's the younger one who could be could be a four or five year old, but could be a seven or eight year old. You know what I mean? They're just it's they're, they're, they're no at no point is it sort of spelled out kind of how old they are so because i wanted to make it as relatable as possible to for people um and equally I, I was i was very conscious that i wanted to make the protagonist someone kind of underrepresented in 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 as far as i saw it in that sort of sense so she's she's female she's of again ambiguous mixed race again it's not it's not a big point made of it um she is presumably a single parent, but you don't, you know, the, the, there is there isn't a a, a kind of a, a dominant male figure anywhere in the game that doesn't need to be. Um, and she's a scientist, and that's and I really kind of wanted to kind of have a have a protagonist that I felt was sort of underrepresented in in, in that sort of thing, in that sort of genre. Yep. So I yeah, so wrote wrote the um wrote the kind of puzzles and the plan for it that kind of came relatively quickly there were a few kind of hot topics on at the moment I think there's one puzzle which is kind of involves the fact that the garden hasn't like the paving had started being put down in the garden but hasn't finished being put down and then the builders have gone away because I was looking out the window and we had lots of slabs of paving outside because <laughs> someone would come and put our paving <laughs> so it was very it's very sort of uh, inspired by what was going on around me um, but yeah, basically using the same exactly. So if you play "Where's My Cloak" and you play "Lockdown," you you, you can see exactly why. You know, it's, it's using right. the same the same kind of layout, the same basic kind of format in terms of the verbs that are used and the um, the way that the inventory works and, and that sort of thing. Right, and as I mentioned, what I liked about it, because I admit that when I first saw it, I was in two minds. So I was, like you said, some people said, "Oh, we're living through lockdown. Why would we want to?" <laughs> play it but then I thought the graphics look nice and let's let's try it and I was very pleasantly surprised because it wasn't I mean it's realistic but it wasn't a miserable existence that a lot of us are having in lockdown it's positive you know it's funny it's without being a satire because it's you know like at least the first one there were kind of like funny moments (laughs) maybe not for everybody I don't know how to describe it but that's you know what I liked as well it wasn't um going further into the miserableness of it and i think as well you know hopefully years from now when this is all behind us our children and we'll ask us mom dad what is lockdown like well son daughter there's this game that is available you can play this that's 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 exactly one of the things i I wanted there to be a bit of a record of Mm. what was weird what what we're going through it's very weird I want people to kind of look like I wanted, and I wanted to, like my my son, and I wanted you know to be able to look at it and go, "This is this is what we made." God, do you remember when everybody did this and like you know and and everyone was doing that and it was really weird and it, God, do you remember the hand sanitizer? What 
what was with the hand? You know, and things like that. But in, I'm sure in a few years' time, we'll look back on and go, "Good God, I completely forgot that was a that was our lives." For yes, our that the year, whole like. world is going through at the same time. Yeah. Which, yeah, really, and you're seeing it come in waves. So you're seeing, so, you know, suddenly it hits Italy first, and then yes. you've got kind of pleading videos being just, you know, displayed on the internet saying, "God's sake, you've got to take this seriously." This mm-hmm. is mental and and then and then there's everyone going oh, I'm, i don't care it's nice sunny weather i'm going to the pub and he's like oh god this is all going horribly wrong uh, yes <laughs> oh, I, badly. I remember and another thing i like it the final thing i say about lockdown the game is that apparently 50 percent of all donations will be given to women's aid that's, yeah that correct so, yeah that's because it was done it wasn't done to i'm i still don't i'm getting there but i still don't consider myself to be a an indie game dev particularly it's not you know a few I mean? games now you know what I mean I've, yeah I'm sort of I think I feel like I feel like with with Lucy I feel like I'm kind of now I've actually as of today I've, I've, I've released the demo I suppose I can probably call myself an indie game dev yeah. and I've used the hashtag enough in on Twitter that I should you know I'm, I've definitely been pretending long enough but in my own in my own head I suppose okay I can kind of consider myself that but up until this point it's I felt like a bit of a fraud and I'm still kind of earning my wings in terms of actually being able to kind of give myself that label. Well, you've made three games because the third game you made before Lucy, I believe, is it uh, Hair of the Dog, which I believe was, did you make that in two weeks? That was it, 12, 12 days. I managed to deliver it two days before the deadline because wow. I had another, had another work deadline I had to do when the deadline hit. So I had to get it finished two days earlier than I needed. And what, what, what was that experience like? You know, I, I don't know for other uh, game developers or even if you're not a game developer, because I can't, from what, what, like I've never made a game, at least not yet. But one thing that I've heard is that it's very hard making a game, any game, particularly adventure games. So how did you manage to make one and release it in less than two weeks in 10 12 days i don't know if it's just because of the industry i've worked in before or the fact that i'm doing everything so the 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 doing the artwork was quick so each one of those each one of the scenes probably took me two to three hours to, to build so i can spend an afternoon on a saturday doing that and you know with it by the end of the day i've got most of the scenes kind of drawn out um the programming i'd or by this point i wasn't using my bobbins html engine that i've written myself i'm, I'm now using visionaire studio which does all the hard work for me so as far as i'm concerned all i need to do is write a load of crappy jokes and and, and put all the dialogue in and, and you know assign them to a, a particular um little bit of pixel art and essentially it kind of the game just sort of builds itself which i still think is is just magic um so that was because i'm doing all of it i'm able to manage my time i mean don't get me wrong i didn't i, I hardly got any sleep during the, during the whole process <laughs> right but it wasn't it wasn't so it was it was hard work in that it was it was physically hard work there was a lot of hours of work that went into it so i'm not i'm not belittling the amount of work that it is but it it for me i enjoyed the process so unbelievably that it didn't feel like hard work at any point i enjoyed every single second of making that game nice. it was it was, the, it was the one of the most exhilarating and fun things i I've, I've ever done um so 
and the other the other thing is it's although it was technically released before Lucy I'd already started developing Lucy and I'd already started using Visionaire Studio for that so when when I got to doing Hair of the Dog in November or then end of October or whenever end, end of last year anyway <laughs> all the months God, it's a blur. <laughs> God, time has no meaning I'm, anymore I'm still stuck in March 2020 I'm still stuck in, in 1996. So, <laughs> um, so um, yeah, so because I'd already, I'd already learned a lot of what the Visionaire engine could do by, by that point in all the mistakes I'd made with the early versions of, of, of Lucy Dreaming, that I, when I got to doing Hair of the Dog, I was able to just go in straight into the engine and just put the whole thing together how I knew it needed to be done without you know with with without any of the, the kind of the mistakes and things I'd made from from the kind of early setups of, of of Lucy Dreaming so I already had a bit of experience with the engine which helped um and and then the the voices for it because because it, it's it's fully voiced as well oh, fully voiced as well yes yeah, so you mentioned that your wife did a voice uh, for so she yeah so she did one she only got she there's only one in kind of reverse to, to lockdown with the female lead this is, and, and Lucy this is this, there's only one woman who's a rather unpleasant um, pie lady um, so she did a voice for for Mrs Figgins the the um, the pie shop owner and all the other voices were done by a friend of mine called David who was he was best man at my wedding I used to work at an ad advertising agency with him sort of back 20 years ago and he's done a bit of he's never done any voice acting before but he has done a bit of acting um and he used, he used to do uh, children's television presenting as well so he's he's very he's very comfortable okay, yeah, kind well. of with with sort of putting on a bit of an act so i said oh do you, do you fancy anyway, he like he likes games do you, do you fancy doing some some voiceovers for him went, yeah go on then and uh, so i went go on that so, so I, I, I sent him some of the the dialogue that needed recording and He's, he goes, oh, okay, so I, I, he's, he's, he's got really, he's got really low self-esteem, bless him. And he's, he, for, you know, he's, he was absolutely so worried about things. I've sent, sent you, he sent about 20 different readings of each line just to kind of, I'm not sure about this one. Does it need to be a bit deeper? Does it need to be a bit? And he, when he sent them over, I kind of thought, all right, I'll have a, have a little listen. And I kind of almost bought into his sort of, his, his, his lack of self-confidence. And then played them, and they they were just stunning. The guy, the guy's a genius. He's I, I, honestly, I can't. His his voiceover absolutely made that game what it is. It's like it's he, he's he did because he, he did he voiced all the characters. There's like a street urchin. There's like a gruff Glaswegian drunk. There's a a kind of circus ringmaster. There's a a, a kind of sweet shop seller. There's a you know, there's like an old guy, a young guy, and he, did, he just did every single one, and they're all different, and they're all just absolutely perfect. So he he he, and he was he he basically just I gave him I gave him the file. I, I got I got all the dialogue written on. Let me think. So we start. I think the brief, the, not the brief. I call it a brief because I'm that's the, sort of the world I'm used to. So the the. The theme for the game jam, I think, was released on the Saturday, sort of midday, I think it was. And I'd basically I went, I didn't do any of the artwork first. I basically set up the the um the game engine and wrote 
all of the puzzles and all of the dial. I, I saw, I, I planned out all the puzzles on the, on the Saturday night after I got the theme. And then by Sunday night, I've written all the dialogue. So I basically just sat on like all day on Sunday and just wrote it and just put all the items in as, as like little the in things in the engine but with no with no kind of I think they all had like a little I think like characters just had a smile well they were just a smiley face and every object was just a square and every scene was just a big red rectangle or something and I just kind of put those placeholders in wrote all the responses to everything all the puzzles all the all of that and then was able to send him the the dialogue spreadsheet to give basically gave that gave him a week and a half to get all the voiceovers done while I was essentially colouring in and putting all, you know, doing all the, all the artwork. And, and that, that's and really impressive. Is that only, were you able to make this, release this game in less than two weeks, but you got it fully voice acted and everything in that time? It was, yeah, I, 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 because I mean, for me, this is the first time, so none of my other um, games have been voiced. Um, so I'd never, I, I've never sort of kind of had to deal with that kind of side of things before and doing like mass imports. And they're, it's all lip sync as well. So I haven't kind of sort out all the lip syncing for it and, and things. And so that was, that was, that was why I wanted to get it all written mm. really kind of at the, you know, the sort of front end of the project so that I knew that I had time to get it all recorded and get it all lip synced and sorted. But, you know, so when, when, when the voiceover files arrived, the rest of the game had already basically been kind of put together. I suppose I'm just sort of used to kind of working to relatively tight deadlines for clients and things. So I'm just sort of, that's, that's just sort of, you know, that's, that's my deadline. That's what I'm going to do. <laughs> so I just sort of did it. And I did have, I did, I mean, did originally I had a few more kind of puzzles and things in there and I did end up cutting a few bits out that more, more because they were, unnecessary rather than because there wasn't enough time i thought they actually they were they were too they they were just like filler they weren't they weren't adding anything to the right. the gameplay so i thought actually you know what i'll lose that whole puzzle bit because i don't i don't you know i've made i've i've made the finding a particular item slightly more difficult because <laughs> i felt like it rather than because it actually added anything to the game so i thought well, i'll just I'll, I'll cut those bits out and it save a bit of time uh, it 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 was good as well. Laura from the podcast, I believe, played it, and she really enjoyed it. So it worked out really well. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm really, I'm really, really happy with it. I, I, the only thing I, I think, if I went back, the only thing I'd change in terms of what would have been easy to change is the name. I think the name, although I like the, I mean, the name ties in really nicely with the story. I think it's made it quite unappealing for people to play. I think people have looked at it and gone, hair of the dog, don't fancy playing that. You right. know what I mean? It doesn't, it doesn't sound like a, you know, a fun thing to play. It sounds like, oh, it was it about going, going out and drinking? I was like, no, I'm not really interested. You know, it's, it doesn't sound that. And so that's probably the main thing I think that if I changed the name of it, I think it would, have, it would, it would be a, a more appealing kind of game for people to play. But then, it, but then it's only a, it's only a jam game anyway. As exactly. Yeah. So, so you know, I mean, it doesn't have to. It all it all I had to do was kind of prove prove to myself and to others that I could actually do something. So well, you, you managed to to do that. So congratulations. That is hair of the dog, and now you're working on. I believe it's your your biggest game now, Lucy Dreaming, um, which uh, we spoke about the demo 
uh, which we really enjoyed, and we spoke about the voice acting uh, before. Um, what what is the this game about then? So just you know, what is the story then in this game? In a nutshell, um, and not wanting to kind of give too much away. Right, of course, yeah, that's uh, in, in the story. <laughs> but in the nutshell, the concept is um, Lucy is a young girl who has a recurring nightmare. Uh, and when you're when you're playing, when you first start playing, you you don't know why she has a recurring nightmare. You just know it's a pain in the ass, and she doesn't want to be having a, a recurring nightmare. And you then essentially go on a a kind of a journey with her to learn how to control her dreams and try and get to the root of her recurring nightmare, so that you can essentially get a good night's sleep. That's that's it in an in a nutshell. That's that's what it Again, is. Again, very relatable. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's um, that's all we want now to get a good night's sleep. Exactly. That's exactly. It's very yeah. It's very very much my my own pain at the moment. Um, so obviously it's going to be are you right? You know, as an elevator pitch, she's got a recurring dream, and she wants to get a good night's sleep. Isn't doesn't sound like this kind of sexiest game that you want to play. In reality, it's going to be humorous and slightly bizarre and thoroughly British and sarcastic and just a bit silly and a bit, you know, there might be a few knob jokes in there and, and that sort of thing. It's it's sort of a, uh, a kind of young adult humour. It's not because it's not going to be kind of sweary. I haven't really kind of thought in terms of an audience, the audience that I'm I'm. I'm making it for is, I suppose it's me. It's, yeah, it, people like it, us. Are, yeah, right. it's, it's it's going to be fans of the classic '90s LucasArts pixel art games. That's very much where the the kind of aesthetic of the game harks back to. Um, I think that's there's going to be a sort of there's going to be a lot of kind of nostalgic stuff in there there's quite a few pop culture references it's it's a bit meta i know everything's a bit meta at the moment but also it's it handles it in in sort of quite a different way in that it's 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 it sort of ended up being kind of part of part of the story a bit so yeah so it is um you know you know for people mainly who were fans of the lucasarts games of the 90s yeah, like I said, I've made I've made it for me, and that sounds that sounds really kind of narrow minded, no, I, I suppose. I guess a lot of people do that. Say, would I like yeah, to play my I, own I, game? Essentially, <laughs> I've I've made a game that I would like to play. the 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 theme of it being dreams was chosen from a kind of a, a pragmatic point of view, in that I didn't want it to be stuck in any one genre so what one of the one of the games that i really love is maniac mansion and although i've not kind of put it as one of my favorite adventure games of all time i i love the i i love the going around a house and finding around around and something going in the kitchen and opening the fridge and seeing what's in it so that kind of idea of having a quite a sort of pedestrian mundane reality but also then being able to kind of put another layer on there, which is just, it can be anything I want it to be. So I, if I want to give her a, you know, a pirate dream, 
I'm not going to give her a pirate dream. But if I wanted to give her a pirate dream and I wanted to kind of, you know, go down that road, I could do. If I wanted to put her in space, I could do. If I want to put her underwater, I can do that. I could. I can do anything I want. So I wanted to create a theme that was flexible enough for me to be able to just have complete creative freedom with. Um, and the dreams, and I believe, are, I'm sure, gave you that freedom. They are a very fertile ground for bizarre anything you want to put anyone you anything you want to throw at them you can kind of get away with for some reason right uh, so I, I believe you can talk to a giant duck you mentioned as well there's you well i wouldn't have said you can talk to a giant duck there's the so one of i've had a few a few things so in the de the 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 giant duck doesn't appear in the demo okay um, but when i when i originally came up with the the concept for the game i had a a kind of a vision of a there's a bit of there's a bit of a there's a certain kind of duality in, in the game so there's there's relationships between the real world and the dream world there are puzzles that you can solve in your dreams if you can remember stuff or you you know you know stuff that's happened in in reality and equally you can maybe unlock a hidden memory in your dream which you can then use to help you with a puzzle in real life. So it could be something like a, um, a, a tune or something like that, that you remember in your dream. And then when you're able to kind of play that back in, you know, on, a, on an instrument or something in the real, real world, then that can help you unlock a puzzle. It might be a, a combination on a lock, or it might be a, you know, something that it might be, a, these, these, are, these are examples that aren't necessarily in the game, but are, right. are ones that, hidden memories that could, if you unearth them, if you're able to remember a particular favorite thing or something about a particular character, then you could then go, ah, right, I remember they said this, so I can then go back and, and I can then use that information to solve a puzzle in the real world. So there's this kind of cross-pollination between the dream world and, and reality. Right, that sounds really interesting, that's fantastic. So that's, that's, that's the plan anyway, and I've, <laughs> I've got a, and the way, the way that I kind of plan games and this would horrify some people is it's relatively loose so i will have a start and i'll have an end point and then essentially i kind of build a a kind of puzzle tree so i'll say right there's there's usually kind of a bit of a rule of three so you've got kind of the um the, the main point that you want to get to in order to get to that point you have to co have completed acts one two and three they are these parts of the puzzle these are the three kind of main that each one of those maybe has a certain number of set kind of sub puzzles within there. And then each one of those has a set of sub puzzles within those. And then you have this kind of branching tree from where you start off, but you kind of, you kind of, you kind of work your way through the branches until you solve one and then, then you solve the, you know, solve the second one and then you can solve the third one. And then you kind of combine those and then you kind of gradually get to the kind of apex of the, of the tree. And that's the, the kind of the, the final boss, the final end and kind of scene of the game. Um, so I've got I've got that mapped out, but in terms of the the journey that can be taken along the way, in terms of the, the sort of the, the the nuances and the even the kind of the settings of the dream. So I know there are certain things that I want to unlock in terms of the story and the narrative about um, Lucy's history and, and and various kind of key puzzles in the game, but I don't. There are there are a lot of there's a lot of opportunities for how I tell that story in a specific way, and even in kind of what the theme of 
some of the dreams is going to be there are, there are, I've got a couple of things which are like well it could be like I said it could be underwater it could be in space or it could be pirates it could be in a zoo it could be in a car boots could be, you know what I mean it could be anything um so but it's as far as I said, I've got the structure but the the kind of the creative sort of narrative around that is is very much something that I like to play with as I go along and kind of chat to people and and see what kind of sort of takes my fancy oh, that's really interesting and and also I'll put uh, I'll find a lot of the puzzles I'll I'll create will come out of random stuff that I'm just drawing as I'm going in so I'll create a scene and I'll draw a load of random objects and I'll go oh well, there's a maybe I'll put a bookshelf or a dresser or a, a desk in the corner yeah that's a good idea yeah I'll put a desk in the corner why not and then I'll go oh why don't I put a I'll put one of these on there I'll put this oh wouldn't it be nice if there was a pot plant on there and I'll tell you what I'll stick a little thing in the pot plant and then or before I know what I'm doing I've kind of gone well, actually yeah, that could be part of the puzzle because this could go in here and then you could do this and, could it? and then it'll end up I'll end up with something that's completely I would never have ever dreamt of if I was sitting down thinking, how could I come up with a puzzle? I'll come up with something that's just, it's almost like I'm living in the scene itself and, and looking at the things that are around me and looking at the items and going, well, I wonder what happens if I use that with that. A bit like you would when you're actually playing a, a real, you know, playing a point and click adventure. I go, well, if I use that with that, or maybe it does this if I do that. Oh, that'd be interesting, wouldn't it? And I can kind of be, I can, because I'm doing the whole thing myself, there's no pressure on me to kind of go, well, I've already had my assets drawn for that. So, and I've already had the voiceover done. So I can't really start, you know, di diverging too much. I can go, nah, bollocks. I'm going to go, I'm going to change it. I'm going to make, you know, draw, draw it something slightly differently, do a slightly different animation and, and go off on one. And it's that, at the moment, that sort of sense of creative freedom is something that I am absolutely relishing at the moment in comparison to kind of my day job. But... I will probably need to start reining in a little bit. But at the moment, it was it was perfect for the game jam because it just meant I was able to just kind of go right. and just 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 and it just happened. The game just kind of appeared in front of me as I sort of spewed my way through it. Um, it felt like you're one of the character. You're a character in the game that you're that's making. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> so yes, yeah, so I draw the scene and then I upload my consciousness into it and I see what <laughs> earth I get up to. No, that sounds fast. I, I don't know if I've heard of anyone else. Uh, I mean, I, I said I've never made a game, so I mean, I'm always curious how people come up with puzzles and create the games. So this sounds like a really interesting, natural way you come up with uh, puzzles and the scenes and you know probably dialogue as well in the game. I think, yeah, I think the the it, I think you can you can end up going down really sort of surprising avenues if you just kind of let your brain just get get immersed in a scene. And go, you can also I think you can also end up sometimes. This is where you have to kind of come down the next morning and look at it and go, yeah, God, I don't know what I was thinking. That was, that was weird. <laughs> um, or it's you know that's too much. Or also you can end up being too sometimes a bit too derivative so you'll go so say in, in hair of the dog there are a couple of puzzles which are very much like there's one there's like there's there's two guys arguing and you need you know you need to get them to argue in order to be able to take an item from one of them and it's like you've we've seen it so many times in monkey island and other another point of bigger adventures is a very derivative it's a very kind of oh I, you know i think when laura was playing it she goes she looked at it and went Oh well, I need to get them to argue that. You know, it was like before she'd even kind of <laughs> before she even knew what she wanted. It's like, well, I need that. <laughs> it was obvious. It's like watching Scooby Doo. It's like, well, they're going to go through that door. Um, so, 
yeah so I think I think I have, there's a danger that you can sometimes end up falling back on the same puzzle mechanics um very comfortably it's very easy to kind of go well I'll do one of these puzzles and I'll do one of these puzzles and it's you know and, I, and I, I'm very conscious that I want to try and mix that up a bit and I've got a few a few ideas in there that I want to kind of put in to, to kind of kind of force myself to come up with slightly more um original puzzle designs um but also it's got to be fun it's got to be relaxing to play I don't want it to be something that people play and go God, it's trying a bit hard or it's, mm. it's you know what I mean it's just not it's it's trying to be too clever it's trying to it's just not fun it, at the moment it needs to be for me a, a fun point and click game is one that is you generally know what it is you need to do but you haven't quite so oh, I, you know and you've almost got three quarters of the puzzle in your head stacked up whether it's right or not but kind of going I know I need a, something that does this and I know that I need to use it with this and I know I need to give it to him and that's the kind of you've got that all sorted out and you know there's just one key bit of information or object or right. something that you've missed and then as soon as you find that, and that's where you kind of get stuck and that's where you go oh I know and it's frustrating mm. but then that's where the sense of accomplishment comes in and that's where it needs to be just pitched at the right level where it's it's it you get stuck but then you can't you could if you if you if you just go back and just re-examine your objects in your inventory or just chat to the right people again you go ah that's yeah you know there's yes, a key yes. word or a something which makes you go, oh no penny drops. Oh, yeah i, I get it I, I think they're some of the best puzzles rather than because there are other puzzles that are where at least i know i'm not great at puzzles as i said before but you know, there have been times when I've been completely and utterly stuck without any idea what I'm supposed to be doing. But in the demo, as you mentioned, I was like, oh, so I know what I have to do. Now I just have to find out how to do it. I just have to maybe yes, go, oh, maybe this character, maybe this, checking, oh, and now I see this. So this could go. So I, I was never completely stuck in the game. I was always kind of like, yeah, I kind of know what to do, but I just have to explore more and see how to go about doing it. Yeah, and that's something that I've, I've learned more about the intricacies of puzzle design in terms of not in terms of designing puzzles it's 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 relatively simple to design a puzzle which is oh this or you know i'm missing this i need to find it over here but i need to get a key in order to get to right. it or whatever it is that that's relatively easy to do what's more tricky is telling the player what to do without them knowing that you've told them what to do so telling them, so giving them suggestions in a kind of very kind of roundabout way. So, oh, well, you know, a character might just say, well, you should, you could, well, you should see the size of his nose or so, you know, and then you go, oh, that's, oh, hang on, why did he? And you, at the time you think, oh, he's just making a joke. And then you go, oh, hang on a minute, maybe I need to give him a handkerchief. Or, and eventually you kind of get to a, just little hints that don't even seem like hints, but just give you a bit of a, a bit of a kind of push there's a there's a there's a there's a nudge in the right direction without being kind of overly explicit with it because otherwise you just it's either too frustrating or it's too it's too easy and it's just you know you don't feel any kind of sense of accomplishment um one of the things i found quite encouraging with my my games when i produce there's been a few times where people said you know i I kind of didn't really figure that out and i've ended up having to put extra little hints in when it was being Mm. tested but most of the time what will happen is i will get to my 
um, my Twitter inbox or on Facebook or my email, and there'll be two emails. And I, I've not I've not checked my inbox, and the first one will be, "I'm really stuck on this. Can you give me a hand?" And the next one will be about fifteen to twenty minutes later, going, "Ah, now I've got it." And it's and it's I've so many times I've come to it and just got you know what if I told you you wouldn't have had that sense of accomplishment, but it mm. actually, you, you managed to do it yourself. And it's not like I'm trying to teach people how to play games, but I don't, you know, I, I, for me, that's the fun bit is being stuck, but not too stuck. Right. And that's, that's the kind of, for me, that's the kind of level I, I, I want to create because that's the kind of level of game that I enjoy playing myself. Right. And uh, the demo itself is about one hour approximately, I believe. It's, um, I'd say approximately. Well, depending on how people play it of course yeah i mean there's there's a there's a lot of there's a lot of dialogue and custom responses to be had if you wanted to go and look at all the items and try talk i mean you can talk to a lot of the items in the room you can talk to some of the toys you can talk to some of the you know you can there's various different things you can do around the house that you you know you might you might never even think of doing um, but there's stuff to be, you know, there's, there's fun stuff to be to had <laughs> if, you, if you want to. Um, there's, li there's little little kind of items that you can use, um, you know, turn on and off for, for no real reason if you want to. That just because, you know, you're exploring a scene and I, I'd like to I like to have kind of quite rich, detailed scenes rather than just rather than just having a well, I've, there's there's three hotspots in the room. So I know I know I'm going to need one of them at one point you know one of them's the door and then you know so it's, it's it's i like to have a lot of things in there so there's a lot of exploration to, to do but then if you do get stuck there's kind of there's a hotspot finder in there as well so if you want to find oh, the nice. objects in there um you just hold down hold down the mouse button hold down the space bar and, and it will kind of show you the key the key hotspots in each room and, and things like that so yeah there's a few there's a few kind of modern perks that we didn't kind of get in, in kind of the traditional game so you could there's like double click on an exit to to kind of instantly travel between scenes and um and a few little bits and pieces like you know, there's a few a few things you can kind of right right click on to to kind of interact with and, and stuff um but it's generally speaking it's it's fairly traditional so Sounds good. Well, thank you for adding those uh, <laughs> things to, to help us as well. And I, I believe that you are uh, starting, you're doing a Kickstarter for this game as well. So the demo has been released and you're doing a Kickstarter, I believe. Uh, I don't know if it probably by the time this episode comes out or maybe afterwards. Um, are, are you able to talk about it or would you, uh, or would you like to wait? Uh, about the Kickstarter? Yeah. yeah. No, at the moment, the so the Kickstarter is due it, all things being well is due to start around the beginning of may um, okay. that's the plan so it gives me from this point <clears throat> i think where when a point of recording that gives me sort of five or six weeks to kind of get build up a bit of community get people playing the demo make sure that you know if they're if they people anybody finds any you know bugs or anything that you know they they didn't particularly like about the demo it gives me a chance to kind of fix those as well um gets me a chance to put together a, a good Kickstarter video as well uh, and get all the kind of numbers crunched for rewards and, and kind of just figure out exactly how much I'm asking for and why and, and that sort of thing. Um, there is a Kickstarter pre-launch page already, already set up. So anybody who's oh, nice. interested in interested in following the, uh, the campaign can go follow, follow it on Kickstarter now and they'll be notified as soon as the, the campaign goes live. 
Uh, I am planning to do uh, a couple of early bird rewards, which will be um, essentially kind of probably discounted versions of, of some of the other rewards, but for, for kind of the first, say 50 or 100 people who, 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 who back them. Um, so anyone who follows it kind of now will get a bit of a, a bit of a heads up on on kind of getting a, a discount on on some of the rewards as well which are at the moment they're 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 to be confirmed as long as as long as they kind of i've got some nice ideas as long as the the numbers add up and i don't end up bankrupting myself before <laughs> it even started <laughs> hopefully not hopefully it will be successful because it sounds like there is already uh you know quite a bit of interest in the game from what i can see now of course it's impossible to know how successful a kickstarter will be because it you know, at times it can be like the lottery, I imagine. Yeah. Um, but I, I think uh, you're, doing, you're doing well to promote it first and to get the word out there. And you have to demo it already. You have the screenshots. Um, so I, I think I read from what I can see, there is some interest building up. Yeah, and that's that's sort of what my, that's my, my job now. So I've kind mm. of, over the last, uh, what, nine, nine, ten months, whatever, since I started. Because I started in, in May, started Lucy, the sort of initial uh, kind of concept of Lucy uh, May last year. Yes, I think I so, remember. <laughs> yeah, about that. I mean, it was originally it was called it was called Lucid. It was called Lucid Adventure. Mm. Yes. <laughs> um, and me in my in my kind of I don't know whether it was just stupidity or ineptitude, but completely failed to notice that there's already a an adventure game called Lucid Adventure. Is there? Well, yeah, heard of that. which I had. Bearing in mind what I do for a living, you know, you you think I would have at least looked to see if if on Google to see if there was one. Well, but... <laughs> and I I think I assumed I had, and then mm. went ahead and then realized realized I hadn't. So then had to kind of quickly kind of backtrack and and rename it, and, and that was that then kind of buy a different domain name and start. You know, luckily luckily I hadn't kind of got to the point where I was you know producing anything on steam or, or itch or anything by that point so I was able, you know, I was able to kind of kind of control that right a bit but yeah so that was originally it was called lucid um so I've still they've still got I've still got a Twitter account which is lucid adventure which is basically just got a, a thing saying please don't <laughs> please don't tweet to this one please go here <laughs> um so, so not lucid adventure at Twitter <laughs> yeah that's it it's just got a picture, a picture of my avatar with a big red cross through it just like don't don't this is this is a dead account and we will definitely, you know, we will add uh, the link to the Kickstarter once it's live uh, in the show notes. And, Thank you. you know, we will mention it because we, I think the three of us are, uh, generally, well, myself, Thomas and Laura, I said the three of us, <laughs> not an invisible person. <laughs> <laughs> Don't know how many invisible people you've created in lockdown, but... <laughs> They're all there. They're all in my head. That's why. That's the only reason why I'm creating adventure games, so I can talk to all the invisible people that I've created. And you put them in your game. That's, that's yeah. That's it. That's great. I, I should do something like that as well with my invisible people. <laughs> uh, where, where can people find out more about uh, the game and about uh, your company? And I mean, do you have a website? Uh, yeah, uh, the the best the best place is probably to is probably to follow me on Twitter. To be honest, that's where that's where I'm okay. doing do not lose an adventure. <laughs> Sorry, not, no, not, not lucid adventure. No, don't follow that one. Um, so no, it's uh, it's tall tall story games is the um, I, I I again is something I, I I sort of I assumed that they would probably already be a company out there called Tall Story Games somewhere in the world, but there isn't. Wow. So I was able to get Tall Story Games 
Twitter handle, Facebook, Instagram, everything. So I so whatever whatever channel you you kind of you want to to find me on, do a search for Tall Story Games, and if I'm on there, it'll that'll that'll pop up. Fantastic. Um, I've also got TallStoryGames.com as the website, and there's Lucy Dreaming has its own website as well, uh, which is Lucy-Dreaming.com, and that's got my devlog kind of blog on it as well, which is kind of my my journal going through the whole indie game dev experience from from nothing through to where I am now. So you know I think the first the first um entries on the blog are me kind of trying to figure out what game engine I'm going to use. Am I going to build it in my HTML engine? Can I, you know, how how can I go about doing that? Um, I was looking originally into adding Kind of characters and walking characters in it and how that sort of algorithm was going to work and i did a bit of a kind of tech blog about that and then i decided that actually i was going to save myself a lot of hassle if i just used an engine um but there's, there's chronicling my whole kind of journey through kind of the game dev process is is is, is sort of all all kind of all in that blog as well that sounds interesting because uh, quite a few people they they ask me when i do the interviews they say that that's what they want to know about so because when they want to make their own game so i'll include links to that that if you are interested in what it takes to make an adventure game you can check out uh your blog and um, do, do you have um do you have a potential release date that you'd like to or is it still too early uh, for the release date of lucy dreaming so one of the it depends on how successfully i fund or don't fund on kickstarter right. the the preliminary kind of launch date is I'm giving I'm giving myself kind of 12 months. So my my thought is <clears throat> if I launch the Kickstarter at the beginning of May to end at end, you know, end of May, beginning of June um, 2021, then I'm looking at a similar time, 2022, May, June is rough, roughly what I'm what I'm looking at. Um, if I fund beyond my wildest dreams then stretch goals that i'm considering will involve adding extra dreams to the game oh nice as well so which i'm hoping that then uh, you know backers will be able to you know vote on or collaborate on and, and even kind of you know have a, have a bit of a say as to what you know which way the the, the kind of game is going to go like i said because it's quite a fluid game design process in that respect there's it's really it it's relatively simple for me to kind of rework it or or kind of add add more dreams into the process and just kind of add more layers to the story as I go along to you know and, and kind of expand it slightly if I want to so if I if I fund um to that level then it might push the release date slightly further for you know slightly further back but it will mean that there's a you know a, a longer game sure end. or i might produce it as a separate mini episode depending on how i you know how that kind of goes but that's that's the that's the plan anyway so give give myself 12 months i don't i my my problem with developing games is over delivering rather than under delivering so the demo that i've released today is actually the second demo that i've created because the first demo that i created was over 2 hours long and was far more involved and far and had was essentially most of the of the kind of the first act of, of the game because I assume I kind of assumed that actually what what people needed to do was see the kind of the 
dream control mechanic and how that was going to work and, and kind of experience at least kind of one dream state and then kind of and, and a kind of across dream and reality puzzle and so I had all that built into it um, and I've had that I had that tested fully voiced all done ready to go it was you know it went it went down really well and then I was speaking to Jonas who you know from um, Prim. From, from Prim yes who had um, a successful Kickstarter as well congrats to him yeah no I've been <laughs> tapping him for as much advice as I can um, but he's obviously he's using the same game engine as myself he's using Visionaire as well and so we've we've been chatting over the last year um collaborating he's been giving me tips on things and i've been helping him out with a few bits and pieces it's been, it's been great uh well thank you so much tom is there anything else that you'd like to say before we finish up uh oh god is there anything else that I, feel like, like, I feel like i've said too much already no no you can um, never say too much I uh but if there isn't that like, do we... no i don't no no i don't i if i i'm, I'm quite i'll quite waffle on but without without any kind of stimulus i'll my brain brain will just seize up Right. Well, what I would say is check out the demo. Uh, we'll include a link to that and the Kickstarter when it's released as well. If you uh, wish, you can well check it out to see what you think. As I said, uh, we really enjoyed the demo and we're looking forward to the Kickstarter and the game. Um, so the very best of luck with the, with the whole marketing and the game development thank you of it much. as well. <laughs> um, so thank you very much, Tom. So all the best. Thank you. So that was my interview with Tom Hardridge of Tall Story Games. I hope you enjoyed it. And as I mentioned, the Kickstarter will actually be on April 27th. So the links are in the show notes to that Kickstarter and the game. And you can check out the demo as well. And you can uh, check out his other games that he talked about as well, which are all free. Uh, so I recommend people uh, check them out. Uh, so next week I'll be joined as always by Thomas and Laura to review the latest adventure games we've been playing. So uh, enjoy the rest of the week and we'll see you next week. So goodbye. <laughs>